there's four words I just want to share from my mom's screenwriting class that is a tool to get yourself out of procrastination or writer's block or whatever creative thing you're trying to create because many of us, most of us are actually perfectionists. And so we want to put it off until we know how to do it right or do it perfect the first time. And the four magic words are, I'll fix it later. Welcome to Self Talk. I'm Rachel Astarte. Today I have as my guest Molly Mandelberg. She is the founder of Wild Hearts Rise Up, creator of Magnetic Influencer Collective, and also the writer and illustrator of the Wild Hearts Rise Up Oracle Deck. She's also a podcast host, and her podcasts, she has two of them. One is Tactical Magic, and the other one is Reveal the Game of Life. And after spending many years uh, doing content creation and online marketing, Molly is finding her bliss, bridging the worlds of heart-centered healing and transformation with the practical business strategies of leveraging a message into a global movement, which is not easy. Uh, She's a certified NLP coach, an access consciousness bars facilitator, and a transformational leadership coach, as well as and this is important, and we will talk about this, a full-time nomad. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Molly, welcome. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah, um, it's my pleasure. So that's a lot of stuff, right, in your bio. So so could you help us understand a little bit of how you got into what you got into? What was your calling and that kind of thing? Yeah, so I spent many years in my 20s um, sort of soul searching, I guess you could say, traveling the world, looking for things that lit me up, trying to at all costs avoid a dead end job, as I would have called it. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the meantime, working little jobs here and there, quitting or getting fired so that I could get back on the road. And I would travel abroad in the winter most times. And I would travel around the country in the summer, um, just exploring, visiting friends and family, going to music festivals, being kind of a wandering hippie. Mm-hmm. And um, I read a book in, I forget what year, 2013 or so, that was by Brian Weiss called Many Lives. Actually, Many Lives, Many Mastered, I, I had read, read many years before, but I read a book called Miracles mm-hmm. Happen. And I realized that Brian Weiss, who teaches past life regression therapy, had a five-day workshop that you could go and actually learn this process. And that was the first time that I was like, oh, this is light for me. This is a pathway that I would like to explore that could lead to potentially a career or whatever. At the time, I just wanted my own healing experience. I wanted to be in a room full of people who understood that um, belief system, I guess, that maybe we have many lives and that we can navigate through them to learn more about our own human experience now. So I got on the wait list. I miraculously found my way off the wait list and into that workshop. And afterwards, um, my life was different and I knew I wanted to practice those tools. And so I did an intensive training in hypnotherapy that led me to renting an office. And once I had an office lease that I was signing, I was like, oh, well, I need business insurance, so I should name my business. And basically in the span of 11 days, I rented an office, named my business, 
registered it, built a website, had business cards and like popped into becoming an entrepreneur in like a week and a half. Wow. And so I had a lot of like identity crisis that went along (laughs) with that. Like, who am I now? Like I own my own business. Like, what does that even mean? How do I show up in the world as this? Mm -hmm. And then also the desire suddenly to make a difference in people's lives um, in a deep way. And I sort of had to like, I sort of had to figure out what all that meant and who I was and then step into that. And it's been a process over the last six or seven years to become who I am as an entrepreneur and as a leader and to find ways to run a business that still honors who I am as somebody who really likes to be on the move and really thrives in an ever-changing environment. And so I sort of let hypnotherapy go as I started navigating into new steps. And it was a really organic process of realizing that I geek out on marketing, which is so weird (laughs) as a hippie, Um, that I have a passion for content creation and copywriting and making words sound juicy and beautiful and really resonate with people. Mm -hmm. And then also using technology to make showing up online as streamlined and easy and effortless for us as entrepreneurs as possible. And once I realized I had a knack for that, I kind of started letting my friends hire me. I'm in a community of like hundreds of coaches and holistic practitioners. Mm -hmm. And through that, it just took off. And now that's what I teach and that's who I am. And I get to help more people through that ripple effect of now being the one who helps the healers show up more powerfully so that more people can get resources they need to transform and evolve. Beautiful. Um, I have lots of questions. Uh, So, so your business is mobile. Right. Yes, so where, where it goes, wherever you go. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so and do you have trouble with connectivity or, or that kind of thing? Um, Wi-Fi wise? No, I, I try to just make sure that I have cell signal if I need to work while I'm mobile. And I have a Wi-Fi booster called a WeBoost that allows my cell signal to be stronger in less uh, urban areas, I guess you could say. So sometimes it's an issue and it's a little bit stressful and I end up driving around for 45 minutes trying to find better signal. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's lots of apps that tell you where cell signal towers are and stuff like that. Right. Right. So you said you, you geek out on marketing, which seems out of character for this, you know, nomadic hippie type. Um, what, can you explain that? What, what is it about marketing that appeals to you? I think it was more that, Well, it's two things. One, marketing can be done really crappy and can really turn people off and can feel really salesy. And I started recognizing the things that I receive in my inbox, the things that I see on social media, the ways in which we are marketed to in this world. Many of those ways are not good feeling ways. Mm -hmm. What I noticed was there are things that light us up and inspire us and engage us that we want to participate in and we want to click on and we want to register for. And if there's some that feels good and some that feels bad, then I want to learn about the things that feel good. Mm -hmm. I want to run a business where it doesn't feel like I'm reaching and coercing and like desperately trying but where I'm broadcasting my light and my brilliance. And that is what magnetizes my people to me. And so through that interest and through wanting to do things in integrity, I found that there are ways to do that. And so that's what I sort of help my people do. Yeah, I was going to say, so you help other businesses to to not be crappy salespeople and, yeah, to, and put the icky feeling in the inbox. 
Because what happens, especially with us, like touchy feely healer types is we would just rather not do it at all. Right. Then do it out of integrity. Right. And so it's important for these healing tools to be out in the world that we find a way to stay in alignment and broadcast to yeah. be visible and to share a message without leaning out of that place of alignment. And so it's important that people know how to do that so that more people can resource themselves, especially in a world that we live in right now where we need tools so bad. We need right resources to heal and to evolve and to choose the light and, and step into more joy and ease and beauty. Right. So, and, and you would think that if you have a healing practice or if you have something that's, that's helping people to evolve psycho-spiritually, um, that would be an easy sell. Right. And, right. and there's nothing worse than somebody, you know, promoting, something healing and you still feel a little gross about how they went around, you know, how they went about it. Um, What are some elements of, of more, let's say good feeling or evolved marketing? Um, Like what, what, when something came into your inbox and you went, Oh, that's, that's good. What are some of those elements? Well, one is that it feels like it's adding value to your life. Mm -hmm. Um, so making a contribution, if you use your email list to just make call to action, call to action, call to action, sell, sell, sell Mm -hmm. that kind of like over the top asking can feel draining to the person receiving it. Mm -hmm. But if you're leading with value, if you're making a contribution, if you're actually giving people new perspective on how to view their world, in addition to saying, if you want to dive deeper, we can go there. Mm-hmm. then you're opening a doorway and you're allowing them to make an empowered choice rather than taking away their choice and convincing them there's a problem in their life. And right. this is the only way to solve it. Right. It's like showcasing the beauty that's available and giving them the empowerment or showing them they are empowered to make a choice in their best interest. And it may not be you, it may be something else, but I think the best leaders are inviting you to a transformation, whether or not they're the right one for you to get that through. Right. I think that's a really important point. Um, I I also teach as well as my uh, having my psychotherapy practice, and I teach healers who are starting their businesses. And one of the biggest uh, pieces of advice that I give them is healers are never in competition. You know, there may be a hundred thousand million hypnotherapists out there, but you're going to get business because of who you are. Yeah. So that that authenticity and what you bring to your business is what people connect with. And it's the same with therapy as well. You know, I there are you know many, many people who do what I do and and people will click with me or not. And that's why like referral services are so helpful. Like, okay, maybe we're not jiving, but you might jive with this person and 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 then we help each other out. And that's the whole point, right? Of this, of this work that we do. So yeah. I love, I love to see it being done in the in the business world as well, you know, how to how to bring your authentic self to your work and help others to elevate as well. Exactly. Because it's very possible that your soulmate clients have been on other healers' lists or on other healers' channels for years and they haven't said yes because it wasn't quite right. And they've been waiting for you to show up. Yeah. That's, that's, I think really, really important for people to, to get. So, um, so 
I'll ask an obvious question. I know you know the answer to it, but I think it's important to talk about. Is it possible to infuse a business with spirit? Yes, very (laughs) much so. And I think in this day and age, especially in a holistic practitioner world, it's vital that you infuse your spirit into your business, that your spirit is the one that wants to come and play and make magic happen. Right, right. And and playing involves playing with your clients and helping them to do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And playing with your marketing and how making it feel really good for you and for everyone who receives it. Yeah. And, and I think that idea of play is so important because when we, you know, when I started out as a life coach and a hypnotherapist, I didn't ever want to feel like I was going to work. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? I wanted it to feel like this is an extension of who I am, you know, and it took years, as you said, you know, there's, Something happens and then all of a sudden you're a business person and you, you, and all of what society says that means, right? Mm-hmm. Like you said, you had that, that identity crisis. Yeah. Know? And, um, and then to realize, to back up and realize, no, I can just be who I am and do this my way. Yeah. Right. That's, I think a, a lot of people need to understand that. So it's great that you have this, this, um, this business for them to learn how to do that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I actually remember going to my first networking event as a business owner and I put on like all black clothes. I was like, (laughs) what does it mean to be professional? I look more like a caterer than an entrepreneur. (laughs) And oh my gosh, is it such a relief to realize that you don't have to dress a certain way. You don't have to act a certain way. You get to actually, the more of your authentic self that you let shine through, the more you will find the people you really want to work with. And that's another key thing, you know, like attracts like. So if you're being, if you're not being your true self and you're trying to attract clients, you're going to attract what it is you're putting out there. So all the more reason to be, you know, authentically who you are. And that's, that leads to the next sort of question. People who are out there who may be starting their own healing business or something along those lines may think, well, this sounds great, but I have, and this is in your website. So I'd love for you to talk about, I have a little problem with procrastination. Mm -hmm. I know that I want to do something. I know where my vision is, but I just, I, you know, I start to do it and then I, you know, other things get in the way life gets in the way. What kind of advice do you give or what, how do you work with people who's, who are experiencing procrastination? Yeah. Well, accountability and support are the two biggest things for any entrepreneur to get. So if you don't have some form of accountability, create it for yourself, find friends to hold you accountable or dig into a community or mentorship thing that has that in, in laid inside of it. Um, but there's, I think two reasons mainly that we procrastinate one, there's a limiting belief in there somewhere saying, I shouldn't, I can't, it won't be good. I'm too scared to. So addressing the the deeper root cause of why you don't want to finish this project, that's something worth looking at. Um, Getting curious with yourself, maybe journaling about it. Here's all the reasons why I want to finish this. Here's all the reasons why it's better that I don't. Mm -hmm. Um, That would be a good thing to explore. And another one is oftentimes something hangs out on our to-do list too long because it's too big of a bite. It's mm-hmm. like, write my book. If you put write my book on your to-do list, that's a big project. Yes, that it is. It's going to take a long time. But if you write, you know, put scene cards out or, 
you know, spend 20 minutes like on your to-do list is to put 20 minutes of outlining your book or 20 minutes of researching your topic or 20 minutes a day mm-hmm. of actually just going in and playing with the document. Yeah. That's a different task. That's a much more digestible thing on your yes. to-do list. So one of the reasons we procrastinate is we've got too big of a bite and we need to chunk it down. So spend a few minutes breaking that write a book down into the 50 steps it actually is. Draft right. chapter right. one. Draft the the first paragraph of chapter one, like however small you need to go mm-hmm. to make it something you can cross off because there is a dopamine response we get from checking things off our to-do list. Yes. We are more inclined to be productive if we get that dopamine hit. Mm-hmm. So create a system in which you get to be rewarded. And if that is even like, oh, I spent 20 minutes on my book. Now I get to finish my coffee or <laughs> I get to go for a walk with the dog. Like mm-hmm. maybe you build in a reward system that you actually begin getting the joy feeling from completing tasks. And those are the two things I would focus on. Also mentorship. Some people don't know what those little steps are. Yeah, it, It's very valuable to get support, to invest in yourself, to get the support that you need to make your to-do list or to make your action plan or your vision right. more feasible with the support that you need to focus on. Beautiful. Those are all really wonderful pieces of guidance um, around procrastination. I would even add to that. Don't kick yourself. Yeah, you know, that 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 just is the opposite of the dopamine rush, you know, yeah. as you get, it keeps you small. And so and um, I love the idea of of chunking it down. And and um, if if because we all want to get somewhere. Right. And so um, to really break it down into little bite sized pieces you can really start to see the steps across the ocean that you're trying to take instead of trying to leap all the way from one landmass to another. There are little rocks that come up and you can just step on them along the way and you see your progress that way. I mean, it's beautiful to be able to look back on your week and go, wow, I worked on this every single day. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, there's a while where, I mean, I still do so much in my business behind the scenes to make all these programs and courses and things happen in my own business. And for a while it felt like no one is ever going to know how hard I'm working, like how much I'm actually doing. They might yes. see the end result, but like That's no right. one has any idea. That's right. And I had to like, let that idea go because I'm not doing this for the recognition. I'm not doing this for the validation. I'm doing this to see magical sh- stuff come to life. And that needs to be more of the reward. There has to be some self-acknowledgement built in or else you will beat yourself up until you don't want to do it anymore. And there's four words I just want to share from my mom's screenwriting class that is a tool to get yourself out of procrastination or writer's block or whatever creative thing you're trying to create because many of us, most of us are actually perfectionists. And so we want to put it off until we know how to do it right or do it perfect the first time. Right. And the four magic words are, I'll fix it later. Mm. If you can make that a mantra and allow yourself to create without it needing to be perfect yet, mm. there is right brain opportunity to create. And then I'll fix it later means you're going to let your left brain come in and have an editing moment later. Yeah, And that's okay, but it can't be the first thing. You can't start with the left brain controlling the outcome. Correct. Start with the creative output and allowing yourself to throw down. Right. So I'll fix it later. I think people should write that on a three by five card. 
yeah. much like the stack I have by <laughs> my desk yes. for all my reminders that I, that's a great one. I'll fix it later. Um, or, you know, we used to, uh, you know, as, as writers who say, you know, writing is rewriting, yeah. you know, so, so don't worry about what the first draft is going to look like. The real work happens once that's done. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, so let's shift a little bit. Yeah. It's a bit of a pun, uh, into van life and living, <laughs> living as a, as nomadically as you do. And I know, you know, you stop over some places, but you're predominantly on the move is, do you have a home base where you park your van or do you, do you just keep going wherever, wherever? I have four home bases. Okay. So my mom lives in Oregon. I have a lot of stuff in her garage and she keeps her guest room is still my space. That's where I am right now. I'm visiting my mom. Um, my dad is in Colorado. So I stop there for a few weeks, usually in the summer. And then my brother's outside of Austin, Texas. And I usually spend the last few years I've spent like Thanksgiving through Christmas with them. He has four kids. So I like to play auntie for a small portion of the year. And then one of my good friends in California is another home base. They just, she loves having me there and has a nice flat place for the van. I've recently fallen in love with her roommate. So I've been there a lot more over the last (laughs) four or five months, but um, yeah, those are my main home bases. And then I usually travel between those and spend time out in the desert, spend time in the mountains, spend time by lakes and oceans. Um, last year I ended up going all the way up to Maine and spending the whole fall going down the East coast as the leaves were changing color, which was beautiful. Wow. And yeah, so I am nomadic. I, I have been nomadic for almost 13 years now with small stints of a few months here and there when I decided to stay put somewhere. Um, but I bought the van about three and a half years ago, a little bit before van life got so trendy. Mm-hmm. Um, and many people are doing it now, which is awesome. Hopefully it doesn't make it harder for us to find places to sleep and stuff like that. But yeah, I realized my business took off. It was time, you know, Molly, figure out where you want to live now. You can choose wherever you want to go. Mm-hmm. And I still didn't want to pick a place. I still wanted to live everywhere. And I yeah. want to, I, I enjoy not just visiting a friend or talking to a friend on the phone, but going and like doing life with them for a few days or a week or two. Yeah. beautiful. And having my own house with me as I go. So instead of finding an apartment or instead of continuing to travel out of a backpack or out of a Subaru, I decided to upgrade to a giant sprinter van. And now I feel like I have my apartment and all of my clothes and all of my like toys and things that I want with me in my life all the time. And I have a kitchen that I can cook great food in wherever I am. And that's really been so liberating for me. Yeah. sounds beautiful. Um, so you, I would then have to suppose you're comfortable with extensive periods of solitude. Yeah. Yeah. I consider myself an ambivert. So I do love connecting with people and I come alive in social situations. And I also like very much center myself by being alone and like get really inspired and have new ideas when I'm by myself. Yeah. And yeah, so I, I am, yeah, I love being alone. And I know that's, I think the main thing someone needs to ask themselves before they go into a nomadic lifestyle is, are you okay with being alone? Because you will have to face your stuff on your own sometimes when you go out in the world and you don't have, um, you know, your support system with you. Yeah. all the time, but if, I make lots yeah, of phone calls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you feel comfortable, 
What was something when you say you have to face your stuff, what was something that you came up against as you began or during your nomadic lifestyle? I mean, one of the things is, which I've found a lot of self uh, confidence through is that no one can figure this out for you. Mm. And so if something goes wrong, if the van breaks down or if, you know, you end up in a place where you don't have somewhere to stay or, you know, the emotional upset of a breakup or whatever, Mm -hmm. that things are going to happen in your life that are hard to face, that are challenging to be with. And if you don't have something to distract you or other people to like be with right then, then it's up to you to care for yourself and to figure out what you need. Um, I think one of the things that makes me most grounded and able to navigate the struggles of life is that I'm a writer, that I have a journaling practice that I do every morning and every night, and that I get to unload my thoughts and feelings and look at them. Mm-hmm. And that gives me the introspection to sort of be in the world in a grounded way that even when I go a few days without doing it because I'm too busy or because there's other things going on, I feel crazy. (laughs) I feel less like myself because I haven't had that check-in with like, how am I doing today? And like, what do I want to create? Who do do I want to be today? What am I grateful for? Yeah. I appreciate that so much. Obviously the name of this podcast is self-talk and a lot of it is about, you know, what is our relationship with ourself? And so, and really the only way to find that out is in, in solitude in one way or another. Um, And, but what I'm hearing from you is like, at the core of it is real, real gentleness and tenderness and care. So even if you're going through something hard, you're checking in when you said, you know, what is it I need today? What do I need to do to take care of myself? Yeah. Instead of ruminating on all the things that went wrong or, oh, I couldn't find a place to stay or, you know, whatever it is, it's pissing down rain and there's nowhere to park and, you know, not focusing on that so much as, as, um, going inward. Yeah. And it's okay to list all those things. Like sometimes all that stuff is in the way. And so you have to dump that at least in the journaling practice, dump that on the page before you can start asking yourself questions or checking in. Right. And you know, why did not finding a place to sleep feel so scary today? What's going on with me? What, what, what did that mean to me when I didn't, am I not, not feeling safe or am I not feeling like I know what I'm doing? Like what would make me feel better? What do I require? What, what would lighten this up? I'm very much a silver linings person and I try to not force that on people, but we can ask ourselves questions that change our energy. Our (laughs) thoughts are what are creating our emotions. And so if we can redirect our thoughts by looking at them, here's what I'm thinking. What would be a better feeling thought? Or is this true that the work of Byron Katie comes up organically in my journaling a lot? Like, is this true? Can I know absolutely that it's true? Who am I when I believe that thought and who would I be without it? Mm-hmm. And if I'm without that thought, what would I like to think instead? Yeah, exactly. What would feel better to me? Yeah. So that's a big part of me being uh, feeling whole and complete in my life is asking questions and seeing how I feel and giving myself what I need. Sometimes I need a day off. Sometimes I need to call more friends, Mm -hmm. um, resource myself with more support, even if I'm out by myself. That's an important thing too, is yes, you know, we are everything to ourselves, but, you know, also listening to your intuition. If you feel like you need to connect with people that are, you know, in your love circle, 
then it's it's important to do that as well and listen to what it is you need. Um, and I, I think that's a really good lesson too about not fearing the solitude or not fearing, uh, I don't want to be alone with all my thoughts. So, well, you might find some really great company there, you know? And I, I love the journaling too. I, I find that to be extremely, extremely helpful because I, I consider my journal my best friend, you know, and it comes with me everywhere I go. So, and that's who I talk to, you know? Yeah. So it's beautiful. Um, so how can people get in touch with you? Yeah. Um, wildheartsriseup.com is my website on Facebook. It's wildheartsriseup.com is the page. On Instagram, it's wild underscore the word one, O-N-E underscore rising, wild one rising. And those are the best places to keep in touch. Um, There's some fun like quizzes and free gifts and stuff on my website. Of course, I have two podcasts. Those are also at wildheartsriseup.com. And yeah, most of my like travels and daily pep talk kind of insights happen on Instagram, which goes over to the Facebook page. So if you want to just follow along on the adventure and maybe get inspired once in a while, that's a great way to do it too. Beautiful. And I will have the links in our show notes so people can find them. Uh, And I just want to thank you so much, Molly, for being here today. Thank you for having me. And thank you for leading such a beautiful podcast. This is important stuff for everyone to be thinking. Yes, it is. And thank you for doing what you do too. Thanks. Thanks.